When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today I am joined by the great Marina Marr. Marina, what is up? Evan, how are we? We are great. It's been a minute. I this is I've said this to a few people this year. It's fun because now that I do two episodes a week and one is with a different person every week, it's like you know you get to kind of rekindle those the friendships and 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 the podcasts we used to do because you and I used to do Bruins beat a fair amount back in the day. Yeah, and then you just told me you had Grinelli on before me, and I was like, well, what am I chopped liver? This is sad. <laughs> New season, and I'm second in line. It's stuff. You are not you are not second in line at all. Uh, you used to be on quite a bit, and then uh, you know Con- it just got to be me and Connor, and then uh, now you're back, and you'll be on more, which is which is awesome. And um, how have you been? How's New York? How's uh, how, how old is your um your 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 daughter? I truly hate when people do this, but it's the only way I can tell you how old she is. But she's 16 months, so like a okay. year and a half. But, like, I hate when people on, like, TikTok, like, write, oh, my daughter's 16 months. It's, like, just say, like, a year and a half. But, like, yeah, I have to do it because I could not tell you otherwise. Um, but she's great. We're actually going to the Bruins game um, coming up next Saturday when they go to the Coyotes. It's a matinee. So I'm bringing her for that. So the first time around, she was three months old. You know, I could just put her in my lap. And now she's running around. And we'll see what happens when when we go to that. But she's great. I'm great. Thanks for having me out. Of course, that's awesome. Um, I because I remember seeing you post a picture of her in her first game. I was like three months, so that's late for you. Mm-hmm. I would have thought like you know right home from the hospital, going straight to a Bruins game. But three months, <laughs> I can, you know that's okay. Well, that's it, okay. She was born in August. She was born in August, so we had to wait till October. So, well, there was training camp. I mean, oh, that's true. Come on. <laughs> yeah so it'll Anyways. be interesting like she's she'll like i'm sure she'll love going to like the pro shop and like picking something out like i'll get her like a stuffed blades or something so that'll be fun oh yeah the little kids love the mascots um mm-hmm. but yeah so uh good good to hear that i'm excited to to see how that goes do you have to put the headphones on her and everything or or do you go no headphones i'm gonna bring them but she's usually pretty good about it now but i'll probably bring them otherwise i feel like she'll get scared <laughs> like if they score something <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm gonna bring them for sure you, she's lucky it's not Columbus and you have the uh, no, no. I was the thinking cannon that. going off. It's not the cannon. That's, oh, Jesus. No, Don't thank even God. get me started about kids, the Columbus game. Yeah, little, little kids probably cannot. Have you been to Columbus to hear that in person? I actually haven't. I, I'd love to go, though. I am with you. I've never, but everyone who covers a game there says it's like the scariest thing. So um, I, I at some point I'll, I'll hear it and it'll probably scare the shit out of me. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for when that happens. So uh, the Bruins, you're coming on at a weird time because they had this hot start. They've been in a three-game losing streak. We're recording this 
early on Thursday, so it's pre-Bruin Sharks, uh, which could be interesting because if they lose this, I think that's like <laughs> DEFCON 4. Um, but what is it overall? Though? I mean, for some people, it will be. <laughs> for some I mean, people, it will people be. People are already mightily upset. I think it's just the way that they're losing is so demoralizing. Like, you could handle, you know, a one-loss game, but they're getting blown out, and the goalies are letting in eight goals a game. So I think it's it's easier to be like, oh, the sky is falling when that happens. But, like, I'm just like, they're fine. No, I also think that they will ultimately be fine. And I've said all along this week, I think it's a good thing that they're hitting this at this time and fixing these things now rather than mm-hmm. have it hit uh, in April. But what are your thoughts on the Bruins so far? I mean, you know, have your expectations changed at all for this team and, and where they're at? Or, or where are you at with this team? What's beautiful is that I came into the season with quite literally no expectations. So three games in, I was ready to say that they are Stanley Cup contenders once again. Um, I've been surprised by this season a little bit, but I'm also not surprised that they're facing this adversity now. If you look at the roster and you, and you told me, oh, you know, come December, they're going to be in a, in a little bit of a slump, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, with what this roster actually has and the players on it, like, you – like you no one ever thought that they would be, you know, top of the NHL at this point so far, especially without Krejci and Bergeron. So I came in with very low expectations, but and naturally as a Bruins fan, I now have very high expectations because <laughs> I want them, you know, to go all the way. But right now, um, very uninspired play. So I wouldn't say expectations have changed too much. I think the beautiful thing about having low expectations is that like nothing can hurt you at this moment. And so like, I'm not worried about play in, you know, December when I'm more focused on April and and banking points. So uninspired play, I can see why people think the sky is falling, but I've come in with low expectations that are now high expectations, but that's me every year. Like that's, I convinced myself this team's going to win it all. And, and Don Sweeney should, should, you know, go for it at the deadline every single year. So nothing has changed. It's like, uh, it's like when in high school, if I had a really hard exam or a test or something that I, you know, wasn't great at, I'd be like, ah, set the expectations low. You know, if I can get above a 70, right. And then I get like an 81 or something and I'd be like, this is the best day ever. Um, uh, so maybe that's you, uh, with this team. It's interesting. Cause as, as for you as a fan, I mean, they must br- they break your heart like every year, um, right? Pretty much, at least, definitely last year. Uh, I think they're just building it up to break break everybody's hearts again. A hundred percent. But what's intriguing to me about this roster and where I'm at with this team, because I, you know, I've asked a few people this this year, and they were, it was always when they were really good. So it's like, oh, you know, they they could be legit cup contenders. I don't know if I see them as true true Stanley Cup contenders yet. They have the goaltending for it. I know it's been, you know, a slump the past couple games, but again, overall, you have the best tandem in the league. That's an advantage you have over everybody. Um, Defensively, they've looked really bad the last three games, but I think overall, defensively, they should be good. That's a strength. Um, Up front, though, is I think where you're a little thin, and, you know, you're seeing Montgomery jumble the lines right now, trying to find... Uh, a top nine that makes sense. You're seeing Denton Heinen up on the first line. You're seeing, you know, guys moving up and down and kind of everywhere. And to me, that's sort of their flaw, I think, long term. I know defensively right now they, they're bad and they're not good. And But I think their biggest flaw and what could hurt them down the stretch and in the playoffs is just kind of that lack of 
uh, consistent scoring, and you have got it from like right, like Van Riemsdyk has produced, uh, Coyle mm-hmm. is producing more than we thought. Zaka's producing at a good rate. Pasternak's been outstanding. We'll get to team MVPs later in this episode, but I think the scoring is an interesting thing because uh, that's one area where I do, I guess I mark against them and putting them as true like Stanley Cup contenders. Obviously, they're a playoff team. I think we all are in agreement that they they will be in the playoffs come the spring, but what's he- what's holding me back from saying they are true cup contenders, even though they're the first place team in the Atlantic and they're one of the best teams in the NHL, is just that scoring isn't quite there. Are you? Do you see that as well, or do you see it differently? 100%, yes, for sure. I think you have a lot of complementary players, like the JVRs of the world, Heinen. You know, you have a, a rookie in Patras who has to carry a lot of weight, you know, in the center position. So I think what worked for the Bruins you know, this entire season has just been outworking the other team. Like, it's it's as simple as that. They may not be as skilled as the other team, but they're going to work their asses off and they're going to hound pucks and, and, you know, and and win those kinds of ways. So when that's not happening... Pucks in deep. You, you were going to say it. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it. And so when that's not happening and then you see them losing by eight and no one's scoring, you're like, oh, like, w- like what's happening here? So I do agree with that. I think... You know, maybe they can upgrade, like, Patrick Kane. You can talk about his character all you want, but I think he would have been a great scoring addition to this team. I think you, you've seen the lines being such blenders this season. The one real line is JVR, Coyle, and Frederick, I think, has been has played the most together. But then everyone else has played essentially with everyone else. And so I think it's a lot of that, too, where you have a lot of new guys, and, and you're still kind of figuring out what combinations work. You have new guys, guys, you know, who haven't been here for a while. So it's, it is hard. I get the sense is they're still trying to figure out who works, who works where, right? Like, you know, you're going to get your story from Pasternak. Um, I'd like to see Marshan stick with a line. Like, I'd like them to just, you know, kind of figure their lines out. That's so you nailed it there. I think that's one area where I get and I understand trying to find the right grouping of of trios, right? That makes sense. But it's we're recording November 30th. So we are pretty much two full months into the season. Uh, We are well past it being the beginning of the season. We are into the we're into the grind, so to speak. And there is a little bit of there's a part of me that is concerned a little bit that you're not finding uh, the right fits. Now, the fourth line has been pretty stable. Beecher's been a good, solid fourth line center. He's given you what you needed and more. Uh, guys like Lauko have stepped in and, and provided an impact. Obviously, the Lucci situation is what that is. Uh, but he was even but hurt I'm never prior to that. At those guys to score. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, like exactly. Beecher's been exactly. great. Like, I'm like, you know what? Like, him chipping in offensively has been awesome. Like, but I'm never yes. looking at those guys to be the reason why you know, the Bruins are scoring whatever whatever their rate is right now. 100%. And they you want that line to be just stable. Can you can you just give us some energy? Can you just uh, right. do your job? It doesn't have to be scoring. But again, that, you know, Marchand, as you said, has not found a line yet. Uh, Patra really has not found the perfect blend of wingers next to him. They've tried DeBrusque and Heinen. That was a bit mixed. I want to get to DeBrusque a little bit later um, on something. But that's an area, like, and, and but you nailed it. Like, Frederick, Coyle, JVR 
or has been great, right? Like, that's been an awesome line. I think we all agree that that's a line that could have a lot of success in the playoffs as well just because they're big uh, and they can, you know, forecheck the hell out of guys and they can provide an impact that way. But it is a little concerning that, you know, like Martian, Zaka, Pasternak was okay, um, but had did have some struggles. But you also have to spread that out. I mean, remember in the Cassidy years, the Martian, Bergeron, Pasternak mm-hmm. line was awesome. But then that depth through the rest of the lineup um, – wasn't as expected. So I'm curious to see, because as we've seen, like Montgomery, as of yesterday, Wednesday, kept that coil line together and has been kind of jumbling Patra and Zaka, uh, their line mates and their wingers. So I'm curious to see what they do. Do you have any preferences uh, in lines? Do you have any duos or combos that you like that they've rolled out so far? I would like to keep Marchand and Patras together just because I think Marchand's so you know, responsible defensively that I think he helps him in a lot of ways. And especially like the kid's 19, right? Like it's a long grind of a season and I'm not surprised that he's hit a bit of a wall. So I think the the more you could help him um, with Marchand there would be great. And then it's kind of figuring out the rest. Like you brought up the brusque, like what's Jake bringing right now? It's a contract year for him. Is he a little bit banged up? Like what's going on with him? I think they just need to jumpstart some guys and then the rest will fall, kind of fall as they may. And I think Montgomery's mentioned this before in sort of keeping duos together. And I, I agree with you. Like, right. I know Martian and Patra haven't had a lot of um, success analytically so far this year. I get that. But I agree with you. Like, that, in theory, should work. Um, and mm-hmm. Zaka Pasternak works. And I think it's just kind of finding wingers, whether it's Heinen, Geeky, um, you used to be Van Riemsdyk, but he sort of found his home with Coyle and Frederick. DeBrusque, I want to get to DeBrusque in a second, but Marina, first, first, we got a quick word, real quick word from our sponsor. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. In Mass, 21 plus and present in Mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, GameSenseMA.com, or call 1-800-JAM-1234. Now, back to the show. So, since we're on the topic of DeBrusque, uh, we, we've kind of discussed this team, and I want to discuss some bigger picture things. Um, I want to do Team MVP, and I want to do Biggest Concern so far. So, we're going to do, like, a positive and a negative. We're going to keep it, we're going to keep it balanced. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> um, we'll start with Team MVP. Because we'll start on a good note, right? We'll end on a bad note, but we'll start on a good note. Um, who is your team MVP so far? I'm going goalies. 
It's not one of them. It's both of them. Without them, this team is <laughs> nowhere near where they are right now. I mean, it's insane. I thought Omar would have a little bit of a drop off, and I guess he technically has. Um, but I mean, they they are the reason that the Bruins have a chance to win every single night. And like I said, without them, they're in trouble. So they they are my number one. <laughs> They, I agree with you. I mean, again, four, they started 14-1-3. That's all goalie. I mean, if you go and yeah. you watch every game, you saw it. Like, there were so many games in there where they would have lost had Swayman not made some outstanding saves or Omar mm-hmm. the same thing. And I agree with you. My other pick, I'll go with two others. I'll start with Pasternak. Uh, I think just hit the fact that, you know, again... There's been so much turnover. He's just, that's just a layup. Like he, like I, it is. I tweeted the other day. Like he's just automatic. Like he, I know automatic. what you're getting from him, and that's it's amazing. It's true, and it is, and he's a legitimate Hart Trophy candidate. I think that's the other part of it that's um, good for the Bruins. And again, like with the turnover you had going from last year to this year's uh, team up front, losing Bergeron, uh, losing Krejci. Uh, losing, you know, Bertuzzi and Taylor Hall, who, unfortunate for Taylor Hall, is out for the year now uh, with Chicago, which you just hate to see. Uh, but losing those guys, the fact that you can rely on a guy like Pasternak to put up the production that he has, to produce at, you know, well over a point-per-game clip. Now, again, you're paying him for that, <laughs> but you do... <laughs> it, it, it is a second part of that. You actually have to produce, and he does. So no, but I think it was a, a legit a... legit concern to see what he could do without Bergeron, right? Like, yeah, I think you know what I mean. Like, he's never had to play without these guys since since being in the league. So I think it was a legit concern. But yeah, like you are right. Like he's getting paid a shit ton to to produce, and he is producing. And I remember there was always that narrative last year when it took a little while for them to get him signed. There was that whole idea of does he you know, who's he going to play with? Like, are they going to intrigue him with a good center when Bergeron and Krejci are gone? And I think they've gotten really lucky, really (laughs) lucky with Pavel Zaka, that that trade worked out to the extent that it did and that Pasternak likes, seems to like playing with Zaka and that duo works. Um, So again, I think they're fortunate there. Yeah, well, you know, so it's interesting. I want to touch on a point I have with that later. Um... My other one would be Charlie Coyle. Uh, Coyle is, I think, right under a point per game. Uh, He's been a solid presence down the middle. He's got two legitimate line mates that you know that that's those are who are his you know who his guys are going to be. That he has you know he's so throughout the years he's always been so defensively responsible. He's great puck protector. He's good in the offensive zone, cycling it and kind of having sustained ozone time. It was always just like. The production, just getting that bit of production, mm-hmm. and you're getting that. And he looks and is playing like a top six center for the first time, I think, in his Bruins career. He's worked there. And, you know, again, the emergence of Patra has been big. You know, the big thing we talked about all offseason, they need a number one center. They need a legitimate number one center with Bergeron gone. And I still think there's a legitimate point to be made, and I think it'd be a smart move at some point to address that, whether it's you know, drafting the next guy, you getting back into the first round for that matter, or pulling off a trade somehow. I don't know how you're doing that with assets, but if you can make it work, make it work. But it's reduced the tenor around how much that's talked about. That Coyle's been so good. Zaka's, you know, held his own. I know he's struggling a little bit here, but he's held his own for the most part. And Patra has emerged. I know, as you said, he's hit a wall a bit, but I think still, what's he's on like a 40-point pace, 
for a 19 year old kid at 19 years That's old, insane. Marina, 19. I wasn't on a 40 point pace. I wouldn't be on a 40 <laughs> point pace in the NHL. Uh, you might've been, you might've been at 19. I, you might've been on a 40 point pace, but, um, but I mean, again, I think it's, you know, where are you at with wanting to get a number one center? Cause I feel like you still need to get one. You still should, but it's not as dire as it was three months ago. Totally. Like, I've always said, like, Charlie Coyle is a great third-line center, elite third-line center, you could say. Um, and he's always just been a good second-line center. But I feel like this year he's really, like, stepped up. And I think he's had to step up in the absence of, you know, Dabrowski's production. I think you jumpstart Jake and this line will, and this team will really start going. Um, but he's – I'm not surprised that he's doing so well. But like you said, it was such a dire situation. You know, no Bergeron, no Krejci. Patras comes in, makes camp, and all of a sudden, you know, the Bruins are top of the NHL, and they don't have a legit number one center. So it's kind of by committee that they're that they're doing this. Um, I do still think it's a need. Like if I were to go shopping right now for the Bruins, it would be it would be a number one center, just because I think depth wise, you 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 bring everyone down just a notch in the lineup. And then I think it's a perfect lineup. I think that one depth piece or one scoring piece would be perfect for this team. But like you said, assets wise, money wise, it, it'd be really tight to do without giving someone up. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with the Lucci situation, but I'm sure they could free up some money there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy how you go into the season being like oh my god this team is going to be so horrible they have no centers to wow zaka coil are really stepping up then you have the, the surprise and in, in the rookie and it's kind of been it's so funny like i love when like rangers fans or like leafs fans always tweet like oh this is the year this is the year the bruins are gonna fall off and then some some way somehow they figure out something to, to keep it going so that so that cracks me up but yeah it's I'm I'm very happy for Zaka because he there's just been so much turmoil from Devils fans telling us how much he sucks and he's kind of shut shut those people up. But yeah, I would go shopping for number one center if I could. Um, really impressed by Coyle stepping up this year productively. I really like that line. Him and Frederick together have been have been nice, and then GVR just a big bodied line. Um, Big body line big boys. And, and all three of those guys. Big boys, big boys producing. It's just that's what you <laughs> that's love exactly to see. it. But yeah, I think you can if you can help shelter Patras and, and get him going, then maybe I can see them just kind of go limping into the playoffs with this lineup. But I think if they really want to make some noise in the playoffs, they need another center. But it's not as dire as you would think. Yeah, it's funny because like I didn't think they'd be horrible coming into the year. Um, I had them at like third in the Atlantic when they finished yep, the season. Yeah, I think I was in the same boat. Yeah, like what's interesting is you know I remember last year and after that Panthers series, uh, was Bergeron out for game one and two or was it just game three and four? I think it was it. No, I think it, it was. was. Coil- I think it was the first couple. Was it? Yeah. So because Coyle and Zaka were outstanding in their time as. Uh, you know, having to step up in there in Bergeron and Krejci's spots. But yeah, because Bergeron got yeah, hurt in that last game. Yeah, he didn't want to put him in. Yeah, he last game, and you almost didn't want to put him in because they were doing so well. That's the thing. And so a lot of people. I know, I know. And what's, but a lot of people, I remember after that series, were like, you know, Zaka and Coyle can handle it. They proved it. And I kept thinking, you know, it's the beginning of the playoffs, adrenaline's high. 
it was like a three or four game sample size that was the case. I'm like, over an 82 game season, I don't know how that's going to hold up. Because um, you can do that for a couple games. You can you can generate that energy and do what they do for, for that amount of time. But over a longer stretch of time, it's a different it's a different ball game. And they've proven they've proven themselves, I think, so far. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, it's interesting. I think this is probably a discussion we're going to have closer to January and February. But my outlook on the deadline now is very much, I'd rather them not give up future assets at the current moment. Unless, unless it's for like an Elias Lindholm and you can lock him up long term, right? Or if it's like, if it's yeah, like a Hampus Lindholm turn. deal. Correct. Yes. If it's a Lindholm type deal for a center, great. If it's a guy you could put in your future core who's 26, 27, 28. You know, again, that's going to be hard to find, but can really, you know, mm-hmm. be a legit number one center. Awesome. Right. I'm all for that. Yeah. But if it's, you know, um, a center that's on an expiring deal who you had to give up a first round pick for, I'm not for that. Right. Like, I'm not for the short term stuff because mm-hmm. you need your future assets. I mean, next summer, um, next summer, they're going to have money to play with, too. This is true. This is true. And I'm very curious to see what that free agent class, who's actually going to make it. Uh, mm-hmm. to that because it feels like nowadays it's hard to kind of get a pillar of your franchise uh, in free agency. Um, on another note, biggest concern. What is your biggest concern right now? I mean, right now you're just seeing kind of the cracks in the foundation, right? There, you, you, I guess my biggest concern would be to see how they get out of this slump, right? Like, is this slump going to continue tonight against the worst team in NHL or, or are they going <laughs> to be like, you know what? I think Charlie McAvoy said something like, you know, it's great that we're facing adversity because last year we faced no adversity and look what happened. So I think, you know, a little bit of that is great. Um, I'm more worried about just the wear and tear over the uh, long 82-game season. Like I said, with Patras, with everybody, Hampus, you know, guys who usually get a little beat up, I don't want them limping into the playoffs um, like they've kind of had in years past. I mean, Hampus broke his foot. I think like with 10 games to go and he wasn't right yeah. for the playoffs. So my, my major concern is health. Um, and then you kind of, I guess the goalie slumping is a little concerning to me. The fact that both of them aren't playing that great right now. But like I said, adversity is good. Hopefully they get past the slump. And then, you know, the concerns are really just minimal going through the rest of the season because I have the lowest of lowest of expectations. And like, and I, you never want to waste the year, right? Like you never want to go into the playoffs and be like, ah, oh, you know what? They don't do it this year. You know, there's always next year, the year after. Like, I, I don't think it's a situation like that, but I just think all things considered this year, they've proven so much and have been so resilient so far that I'm like, you know what? Fucking go for it at this point. Like, like, tool on the fly and, and see what you can do when the playoffs come around because I think you learned anything from last year literally anything can happen so concerns would be their I guess reaction to adversities seeing how they get out of the slump they haven't really faced anything like this this year 
Um, but overall, I have low expectations, so it's been just a nice, fun ride. That's I think a lot of fans are in that in that same boat of like you know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, you know expect a lot and whatever I get I'll take and so far they've right. given a lot so I think that's a good thing it's interesting because like I mentioned you know wanting to keep those future assets and being smart because it is kind of a transition year Patra Lowry getting some time Beecher um, you know Zaka and Coyle testing them out as top six centers but on the other end of it. Brad Marchand's 35 years old. You'd like to ideally mm-hmm. win another with him. Especially, I mean, right. imagine the image of him lifting the Stanley Cup as captain. Imagine that. Uh, so that's one. I know, I'm getting your expectations up. But number two is uh, this tandem and net, you don't have forever. You won't have forever. Swayman's going to require a lot of money. Olmark will mm-hmm. need a, a probably bigger contract when his is up in the next couple years. So I don't know how long you're going to have those two at the prices they're at now. So that's another kind of reason to be a little bit ur- more urgent than a true mm-hmm. transitional team. But my biggest concern, and we touched on this a little bit throughout, is the DeBrus situation. The Jake DeBrus situation. Because I, like everybody else, thought coming into this year, he was going to tear it up. Contract year, uh, healthy, looked great last year when he was healthy, new coach, all those things, right? And I think eight points in 21 games, three goals. Like, uh, again, he is good in his own zone and he's responsible and he can, you know, he's gritty and can help the game in all different ways. But in a top six where you do need him to produce, he hasn't been producing. And like you mentioned, we mentioned earlier with the lines, like, you know, Marshan Patra and, and Zaka Pasternak. DeBrus should have a home next to one of those guys, like, right. for sure. And he's really struggled to kind of find the right guy. And a lot of people said, oh, it's because there's no Bergeron. And maybe that's the case. But the other end of it is like, if he continues to struggle and all right, they can't find common ground on a contract and you got to trade him. He had a lot of value in the summer. Like I think back in the summer, if you were to deal someone like DeBrusque, you'd get a, definitely get a first. You might get a little bit more. Um, now I think if he continues to struggle, he he's almost kind of like, you know, people have been saying with the People have been saying, oh, we want to, for DeBrusque, if you're going to trade him, do it like a Zaka trade, you know? Trade him <laughs> for a another NHL player that can help you on the roster. And my fear in that would be he would be the Zaka in that trade. Like, you would trade Jake DeBrusque, who's yeah. a f- former first-rounder with a high ceiling, like Pavel Zaka, where things just aren't working out the way you want him to. But that high ceiling's there, and you're going to trade him for a legitimate roster piece who you know what you're going to get, but the ceiling's not that high. And it's just, that would be my fear in a trade like that. Um, oh, the so second am, you deal him, he's going to turn into, like, you know, the sickest player in the world. Like, the Kyle, second Kyle the, Connor. They, yeah, <laughs> the second you move on from him, he's going to tear it up. So that is that is actually my biggest worry with him. I think it could be a little bit, um, I guess not injury, but just, I don't know how to, like, put it, like, there's definitely something going on, and like, I, and I'm with you. I thought he would tear it up, contract year, and all this stuff. But yeah, I, I I don't deal him just because you would be dealing him at his lowest trade value, and you're gonna need a guy like him going into the playoffs. Like, I think he he arises to the occasion, and so he's got to figure it out for sure. But I I'm on team no trade, 
Um, just because the second you do, he's going to be like a 50 goal scorer somewhere, somewhere for someone else. So I do not want that to happen. I, I'm with you. It would be exactly like the soccer trade. So that's where I agree. However, if a team came to you at the deadline and said, we'll give you a first for Jake DeBrusque, I have a tough time giving that up. Like, that's where I, I, I know people are like, why would you want to do, you know, he, you, it would hurt the roster. And I get that. But there's this other side to the DeBrusque thing. Like, Connor and I talked about this a lot in the offseason, where, like, DeBrusque is a potential 30-goal scorer. You pretty much know what you're going to get out of him, or you should at least production-wise in the top six. He plays a Bruin style of game. I know a lot of people think he's soft, but, like, he doesn't play soft. He plays a hard game. He gets to, he has a nose for the net. All those little things. That's why it's kind of surprising that he does struggle production-wise, because he has no problem just taking it to the net. You saw it against the Panthers uh, the night before Thanksgiving. Just took it right to the net, followed up on a rebound. Like, he should be doing that every—that should be all the time. Um, but again, I, I go back to, like, I, do you do you want to lock up, now seeing it, him being inconsistent under Montgomery, what it might take to get a guy like him, contract-wise? Is that money you want to have tied up in him? That's— the other part of it where it's like I think that's a fair also... question for sure right like he's gonna want more money but and like what has he done to deserve that and I think it's a little bit like oh well I took less money and look what I did before but I mean you throw that all, all out the window um I've been a little bit surprised that going into the season that he wasn't he wasn't locked up um, obviously he had a trade request like two years ago uh, but I think you throw it out the window with Montgomery now so it, it is an interesting case for sure but I just think you're kind of screwing yourself if you do deal him. Unless you have someone in Providence that you know could step in and, and do as good of as as good of a job as him, right? Like so maybe Lysel is lighting it up or or maybe um you know there's a there's a bunch of guys down there that can contribute. So I think you're right. Like if I mean a first round pick. The Bruins don't have many of those, so I, no. I, I would definitely do that. But I would also look at kind of, I guess, going into the rest of the year. You know, it, it is tricky because the Bruins aren't strapped for cash next year. So I'd be okay giving him, you know, whatever extra he wanted for maybe a year or two. Um, but it it is a slippery slope at the moment right now. Yeah, that's so I'm. I think that's my biggest concern going forward because, again, the on-ice stuff, like I agree with you, if the, if the goalies continue to struggle, like this team is, pfft, I mean, I, doesn't like, that's, doesn't even, nothing, nothing matters. But to me, like De, the DeBrus situation, because he's your biggest, he was your biggest asset going into this year. Mm-hmm. And I think you expected more out of him and the deal is not done yet contractually. Um, so I would put that at the top of my concerns. But uh, Marina, sure. it has been Awesome having you on. You will be on again for sure. Uh, what can the people look forward to from you? What are you working on? What can the what should people be uh, on the lookout for? Oh, you can always find me talking about the bees on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Um, I am Rena K Mar on Twitter and Instagram. You can go find me. Um, hopefully, there are not a lot of hot takes tonight, and hopefully, it's an easy. I'm going to go four one win against the Sharks tonight. Uh, I think it's a sway day, so hopefully, you know, the goalies get right. But yeah, go follow me on Twitter and social media and whatnot. And thanks so much for having me on, Evan. Of Even course, always a fun voice. time. 
Ah, you were not. That's not true. I don't look at it like that. I don't look at it like that. Uh, but anyways, Marina, it's been a pleasure as always. And that has been Bruins Beat. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Bruins Beat listeners, have a great rest of your week. Teenage.